Hi everyone, welcome. Uh, today with us, we have a very special guest. Um, I'm so excited. Um, we have JJ Carolyn here today. She is my mentor. I'm so excited for you to be here, JJ. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here too because I think we've talked on the phone so much, but rarely do we ever get to see each other's faces. Oh, it's so exciting. So fun. Um, all right. Well, JJ is the founder and chief copywriter at Catalyst Copy House. She writes personally driven copy for brands that are inspiring change in the world. They focus on connection and ethical copy, eliminating all fleas and ick from their copy strategies. Catalyst Copy House can write your website, sales page, email sequences, and provide copy makeovers. They also dive deep into your brand personality makeup so that you can communicate clearly and confidently as your authentic self. That's really cool. Um, so JJ, let's just start first by talking about like what is copy? Because I like Steven a lot of times does like has always been like come more of the business end and with when we had our agency, but then as I'm shifting and working more with three by squared and helping other businesses start up, it's like that's some of the questions that come up that I'm like, I don't know. Um, because and and so I feel that there are probably a lot of people out there who you know, or like, well, what even is copy? Like, so, so just, can you give us like, like a 101, like quick, like what is copy and why is it important kind of description? <laughs> sure, I can. Copy is very simply writing for business. It's anything you write for your business. So that could be anything from when you open your mailbox and you get letters about Anderson Windows. Somebody wrote all those words, that's copy. It could be a blog post, anything on your website. It could be your social media content. So anytime you're using words to communicate to somebody what you do and help them discern if you're a good fit for them, that is copy. I noticed I didn't say words that sell because that's not it, if you're in an echelon of copy and you're that is true but when we're talking about like mission-based providers we're talking about words that help people discern if you're a good fit for them or not so that's my that's the quick and dirty mm -hmm. of copy mm -hmm. and it's not editing <laughs> i get that all the time they're like oh can you proofread no i absolutely can't i have someone who does that mm -hmm. <laughs> not anything so it's just really whenever try you're trying to use words to communicate what you do in your company I like that. That's a very clear definition. That makes perfect sense. And I also <laughs> thought maybe there was some editing there. Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, like I thought there was some editing there because like that's the stuff I stay away from. So yeah, good to know. Yeah, they're copy editors. Okay. So I usually send my copy to a copy editor who is like, JJ, this makes no sense. Cut these down. This is not grammar. Why would you do this? You know, she edits. She's amazing, but that's not me. Cool. So a copywriter is really just the person who's trying to figure out what you do as a brand, how to communicate it to people so that they can discern if it's a good fit for them. Okay. Well, so you have kind of like a special way of doing writing copy, do right? Is that how you say it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So can you tell us more about like that? Is it brand personality and branding with archetypes? I'm really excited to hear more about like what all of that means. Thank you. I think it's really when you're considering writing your own copy for your business, which almost every business owner at some point has to do, even if you hire out to somebody, you still are going to be writing for business or speaking for business or using words to describe your You just can't avoid them yet. Um, and I know everybody would love to leap to AI doing this and is a great writing partner, but there are some pieces that it really inherently is still missing, which is the human side of things. And, and what AI can't do is read the reaction of your readers. It can't understand if the person you're speaking to is reacting, converting into a sale, whatever. So the way that the human does copywriting there's usually a ton of research behind it. Um, there's usually a ton of figuring out what your actual message is that all of your copy will lead to. Um, a, a good copywriter will figure out your client journey. So they're going to figure out how they get to your website, what their level of awareness. There's a lot that goes into it that AI can't do. And one of those things is knowing your brand personality. 
So we always kick off here with one of my favorite processes. It tends to be like transformative for people professionally and personally. And we do a process called branding with archetypes. Could also do an online quiz, but I will say that they are not very accurate. They're very one dimensional. If you do it with a person who's licensed to do it, what you end up with is like a signature and an influencing archetype. And when you put those together, it tells you exactly what your brand promises, but also tells you exactly what clients need from an archetype like yours. And then that will come into play when people ask, like, well, what makes you so different? You have the answer to that question in like a heartbeat. And that drives all of your written word. That was sort of the long answer to a short question. Mm -hmm. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, can you tell me more about like archetypes? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, so there's 12 of them in the, so I'm licensed to, to do this pr process. So in the one that I'm licensed for, there's 12 of them. And they look like this. They have like, they each have their own um, a card that's two-sided with a whole bunch of information about that archetype. So an archetype is really like a group of features that give color and personality to your brand. For most of us in mission-driven brands, it also reflects our personality. It's very unlikely that somebody's brand archetype in, you know, I work with a lot of life coaches or in an ABA agency or something like that, that their archetype is going to be different from their actual brand. We tend to be our brand. And so, for example, the best way to do this is by, you know, example is my brand is a Maverick signature. Looks like this. And I have a romantic influencer, right? So it looks, I can't find that one right now. It's different. And what that means basically is my brand promise is to challenge the world as we know it through creating spaces of belonging. So what that means is people come to me when they want to do something different, when they want to challenge, like a lot of people come to me from leaving a job, they want to start their own business, it's scary. They come to me for like the daring part of it to like shake everything up. But they also come to me because I promise to create a space of belonging for that transformation for them. So my brand promise is like, I will push you out of the nest, but I will catch you on the way down. <laughs> so, right? so your brand. So when I talk to people and they want to know why would I work with you versus other people? Well, I work with entrepreneurs. I work with people who are in a scary transition in their lives. I give people the courage to do that versus like other copywriters who might be selling, you know, widgets, which is fine, too. But they will have a different brand promise for that. Right. Versus mine, which is really to take on people who are doing something scary and really help them through that transformation in a loving way. So I know how to communicate that to people because I know my archetypes. If I didn't, I would just probably say things like, I don't know, because I write, I'm a conversion copywriter. I write words that sell. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know how to say it. Um, and I also know because of my archetypes, I know that people come to me because they want to have a feeling of freedom. That's what they're really going after. So that is really what I sell is the idea that you really can go from like a traditional nine to five where you feel trapped into having your own business and you can do that and you can have that time freedom and that feeling of freedom of expression that you want. That's all under my brand archetypes. So I don't know if that kind of helps clarify what they actually are by like example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really exciting because I mean, that I mean. We're entrepreneurs too, and and a lot of people come to us, and that is what they want, right? It's it's scary, but they know that they want something different from what they're coming from. They may know what they want, they may not know what they want, but they know they want something different, right? And so it's like um, even guiding like through that process along as well. So I have a question. Yeah. So is archetype is is that like? Is that your values? Do you have to know your values to find your archetype, or does your ar does your archetype kind of navigate those values? Mm -hmm. How how does that work? That is an awesome question. Let me think about the answer for a second because the answer is yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> so, but also no. So let me think about the best way. Uh, when you know your core values, and one of mine is freedom. Uh, when you do know your core values, you know how they kind of give you a compass mm -hmm. and then you can line up everything behind those and it's very easy to find your direction. Archetypes serve in a similar way where they kind of give you a compass. I would say that archetypes are uncovered through this like really in-depth assessment. In there, people will find their values, the things that are most important to them. They 
usually dovetail. Do you have to have a values assessment before you do your archetypes? No. And do we do values specifically through the archetypes? We don't call them values. We call them more of your brand soul, like the way that you want to express your brand that's in alignment with who you are. So we could call them values, but we don't. <laughs> but yes, they do definitely yeah. dovetail. Um, and I would say anyone whose values are significantly different from their archetype profile, something didn't right. work. Something we are always saying is you need to get an accountant right away when you start your practice. You focus on the science, they focus on the numbers. You definitely want to reach out to Margin Keepers. They are trusted experts in ABA accounting, business consulting, and tax services. With in-depth knowledge of the applied behavioral analysis field, they tailor financial statements to highlight what's vital for ABA companies to analyze, saving you time and effort. Running an ABA practice comes with its own unique challenges. That's where they step in, helping you identify cost-saving strategies and ensuring compliance. And when tax season rolls around, count on margin keepers to make sure all your tax-related boxes are checked. Compliance is key. Concentrate on the science. Leave the accounting to margin keepers. Reach out today at 954-395-8107 or visit www.marginkeepers.com. I, I wouldn't think that most BCBAs say I'm selling something, right? I would assume that they are saying they're providing a service and that service would yes. be to help people in some way. Uh, I would assume that if they're uh the copy that they were using um felt uncomfortable to them because it was more of a sales pitch than helping that that there's some mismatch and it wouldn't feel authentic so so i I think that that's that's kind of what you would be going for right we're talking about values it's like you know yeah <laughs> i just like i just have to say so i have like like yeah. tingly like i just have to share this because like you know i told you guys in the intro that jj is my mentor and like started out like my bcba supervisor and then like my life coach and just like my friend and just amazing mentor and one of the biggest things that i learned from you jj was the values right and you're like so let's talk about your values and i was like yeah okay uh, and we went through this whole like checklist and i was like i don't know like really you know and through a lot of patience and a lot of just understanding how my adhd brain works um you helped me um you know through that journey through that process and my compass necklace that i have here is uh, you probably can't it's really tiny it's my compass necklace i have a compass necklace and so, like, and I talk about that, um, uh, about how your values guide you, you like a compass, and, and that's from you. So that's so exciting. I mean, something's guiding you, whether you know it or not. Exactly. Right? And so yeah, it's, probably, able to define that. Yeah, yeah. it's probably a good idea to know what's, what's guiding you mm-hmm. so that maybe you can have at least some um, uh, awareness to change uh, the focus. Right. You well, know what so I mean? like, but even in this, it's like the, the whole archetypes and everything, because like, you know, we talk about how, you know, to embed your, your, your values within your mission statement and how you like make values based decisions yeah. and how like, it's not just like a poster you put up on the wall, right. oh, love, love, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Not that that would be your business one, right. but whatever, but it's not just like a decoration. It's like, you have to like really live it. And yes. so you're embedding it in all parts of your life, but it really sounds like the archetypes, like even though it's not values and, and I love your answer that you gave us, it's it's it all kind of it all kind of comes together and like it guide it helps to guide you and then what you're writing and how you're living and how you decide to make these this scary business that you Yeah, know. and I mean even in the policies and procedures that we provide people, that's something that I you know, and when I'm showing them, I'm like, Okay, here's some templates, right? But you know, and a good example of this is the cancellation pro- of policy. Like, you may read that and like, that doesn't sit right with me, right? And and so you have to change that. Um, and so understanding your values or your archetype will uh, help you write those procedures and policies so that it feels good to you, this feels right, and then uh, you're living that in your work and your personal life. Does that make sense? So important. Because if it doesn't feel good to you, what happens? You don't enforce them. No. Right? And then you're burning out because everyone's walking all over you because you're not behind the thing that you said. You copy-pasted it yeah. off like some legal website and you don't yeah. 
it doesn't line up, you know, right. yeah, I completely agree. It's so important to weave those things through everything, all yes. the little corners. Everything, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. And I think to your point, like the more we come into the world pretty authentic, right? And then all this stuff happens and then we take on all this conditioning, right? However we want to say it in shorthand. And I am a certified life coach and a BCBA. So, you know, however you want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> we come to a point where we're like, oh, I have to get back to what that was. And then we spend all of this time next trying to unravel what, what happened and become authentic again, right. only changed because it's been through all of this. And so I think the more work you do, values, life coaching, running a business, running a, opening and running a business is, I always say it's like the num- other than parenting, it's the number one most spiritual vehicle of instruction you could ever have like no everyone's like open a business gonna be great no one is like and you're gonna confront every single dark corner in your mind like and it's gonna you're gonna come up against it and you're gonna fail and you're gonna have to learn how to fail or you just stay there and fail or like nobody tells you that it's gonna be like the journey is gonna be like the most expansive thing you could do if you let it be that I just think it is. So anyway, that's another process of like becoming more authentic and branding with archetypes. Just the more you do, the more you get to like what you just said, Stephen, where everything you're doing is just easy, easeful because it's just lined up behind that. It's just lined up behind your authenticity. And I remember when I did mine, Oh my God, I was so angry i remember because to get licensed i had to obviously go through the process and it was like eight years ago and at that time i was like a different person april you've known me all this time i was like so edgy and i was fighting in an mma dojo like 12 hours a week i like fast cars like i was so in the masculine and so like didn't need anybody walls around me like everyone at arm's length and so the maverick was not a surprise to me. That's like the rebel archetype. And I was like, of course. And then my secondary came in as a romantic, which is like flirty and loving and sensual. And I was like, uh, 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 wrong. Take the assessment again. And again. You are not allowed. Rule number one of branding with archetypes. It is always correct. You do not take it again. I was so mad. I hung up on the woman. I was like, we'll talk about this tomorrow. I got to sit with this. And for me, that was actually the start of a complete personal transformation where like I had to look it in the face and be like, this is this thing that I went over the assessment. I was like, no, I do believe this is reflective of what I truly believe. And I was like, oh, so I had to learn like the whole the whole thing. Talk about authenticity on its head. Like I just had to start learning that I am a human being behind all of this and really had to flip my whole script into being like, this, the caring, loving person I am who does have a backbone of steel versus the other way around who comes out punching. And then like, if you really get to know me, I love you. Right. So I had the whole thing had to flip. It was really, it was wrenching. I did not enjoy that process one bit, but now everything is lined up behind that and everything right. is so much easier. Right. Yeah. I think it's so important to do that, but like before or in the beginning stages of starting your, your business, because it's going to get hard right and if you don't know who you are or what you stand for yes uh, that the that flexibility turns into unethical behavior very quickly and like the comments i get a lot are like i'm working for a company i don't feel comfortable i don't know how they could do that i don't know why their focus is on billable hours all the time and my response to that is if you don't know your values or understand why you're doing this at a foundational level, uh, your company will soon be the one focusing only on billable hours. Or, uh, or, or you say you don't, but it is absolutely like everybody knows, like whether you're willing to admit it or not, <laughs> uh, everybody knows. Oh, we got to get those billable hours and we got it, we got it, we got it, right? And, and, and like you'll ask your employees or someone will ask your employees. You know, what? what is the main focus of this company? Billable hours. Billable hours. I don't know why it's always billable hours, right? Like, but that's just the way it is. It's yeah. like the system is set up to incentivize a low quality, high billable hours, high stress, high burnout. And if you don't have that foundation where you're like, yeah, no, we're not doing it this way. Yep. Um, it's so easy to slide into it. So. Yeah. 
And it's not even a, it's like, you're completely right. We do things by design or default, right? So if you only know the default and you don't have that compass of how you're going to go forward, then you have nothing else to do but slide yes. back. And yes. no other. And also what we resist persists, right? So if you're like, yes. I hate this, I hate this, oh God, I'm doing it. <laughs> because, you know, we have, like you said, Stephen, it's like a great point. If you don't look at it and pick your path, what other path do you have? Somebody's picking it for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and like we say all the time here, like, we know what we know from all the mistakes that we make. Oh, my goodness. And, oh my like, goodness. we opened our ABA company, like, we've talked about all the mistakes that we made. But, like, and one of them, like, was we were just, like, I wanted to help people and Stephen wanted to make money. And, like, that was, like, somehow... The journey started that way, right? I mean, those two actually worked very well, right? With a limit on, and I, you know, the focus was like, we, like a high quality of care, high health, but also we need to pay the bills. And somehow those two meshed together in a way that we could get what we needed without that unethical you know, and, and our focus, even when we didn't know our values, when we didn't yeah. know what we were doing, we were just winging it, was we're not going to focus on billable hours. We can't focus. That can't be the focus. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I know so many people want, and we're kind of getting off in the mm-hmm. yep. weeds here, but, um, but that was just the focus of so many. And I think going back to that having that foundation is so important. And it is because the money part, like in this, like, you know, it, if the it, copy isn't authentic, no, exactly. if your copy and the words you're using are not really your words, then it's not genuine and, and people feel it. They can see it. And I, I think. Right. I mean, and like our journey was like rocky and up and down yes. and whatever. And like, finally, like as we were coming together and it's like the, it like money, like, we kind of were able to see each other like money. Okay. Money's important. We got to pay the bills. And you're like, yes, quality. I don't think you've always felt like quality services, but like what that even meant was important. And then being able to come in the last couple of years and going into like ridiculous COVID times, right? Like that's when we started like looking together, like defining the values, mm-hmm. defining like what it is that we wanted and roles and responsibilities and stuff. And then I think that's what we do in three, five squared. In fact, that's what we were just doing over the last two weeks is like revisiting the values and all of that stuff and like looking at our intentions and where we want to go with things. And this is like really interesting to me. So like, let's say like us as three pie squared came to you and said, okay, help. Like, so I hear the first step would be like, or one of the first steps would be like taking this archetypes quiz, right? Like and figuring out what that is. And then like, what, what would you do? Like, what would we do next? This is fun because I have done this with co-owners as well. And they sit down together and do this assessment and they have to, it's, it's pretty lengthy. It's about five or six pages. There's a lot of questions and you really do have to sit together and talk about how you would assign value to each one of these questions. And it, for the folks I have done this with who are co-creating a business or co-founders or co-whatevers, those discussions have been so helpful for them because yeah. <laughs> even the simplest questions can really open up like dialogues that are really important. I also think everyone who's ever going to get married should do this together. Ah, <laughs> you totally. Your for your marriage, because there really is a lot of really important questions that are on this thing. So it is really fun. So we do that first, and then I always meet with the business owner or owners, and we go through like a ninety-minute to two-hour debrief on you know how all of this for two work together, how they work together with your person, your actual personalities, because this can yield one hundred and forty-four different brand blends, but then there's a million personalities. So we really dial it down to like how it applies, what part you do like, which part you don't like. And then from there, I produce an ideas book for people, which is like how to actually use this in designing a lead magnet, how to use it in visual imagery on their website, their social media content pillars, blog topics, everything like that. So we start with that to develop brand personality. And then to Steven's point, like your copy has to sound like yourself, Mm-hmm. You get to that this way. The second part of copy that's really important, though, is that your reader, the part, the human being who comes across it, has to see their own language. That's really the secret mm-hmm. of copy, and that's where most uh, people misperceive copywriting as like a creative writing exercise. It's actually not. So after we do this together, I spend about ten to twenty hours going into the back end of the World Wide Web and interviews and talking to you about your clients and 
reading your discovery call notes if you have them and finding out how people talk about what they want and what they need and what they're going through. And so what I, with in my copy, I call it the coach approach to copy because when someone comes to a page, the first thing I want is for them to feel acknowledged, validated, and normal, right? I don't want that. I don't want them to hear about you and how great you are. We don't do like business centered copy on a homepage. That's, it's important we get there. You are the solution. But the first thing we always do, is like, okay, you might be going through this, 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 and this. And like, of course you are. It's okay. So many people are, right? right. Obviously, depending on your brand personality, but the most important thing on your website more than anything is how people talk about what they want and what they're going through. Even more important than brand personality. So then we end up mashing all that together to make copy, blog, post pillars, all of that stuff, because it has to be both. And we, I try very hard to avoid super um, like coach-centric or business owner-centric websites that really center the person and I really try to center the reader because that's what keeps people reading themselves people mm-hmm. like themselves they really want to <laughs> they don't really care about you that much to be honest mm-hmm. all they care is that that's time by the time they get to you that they feel acknowledged heard and that you know what their problem is therefore they believe that you might be the fit to solve it and they mm-hmm. can make an educated decision so we do that's like one of the sort of like ethical copywriting principles that we have here is centering the client and not centering the business. Cause there's just a lot of narcissism out there in the copy world. Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And then like we've worked with a number of marketers, marketing people. <laughs> For those of you just I, I, saying, I, I, yeah. even just like, just yeah. made a face, I but mean, like, like um, I mean, you know, it's just, it's I don't just know what's worse. The, I don't know yeah. what's worse. Attorneys or marketing. Like I honestly, like, uh, like it, 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 it's, it's, it's hard for me. Like, so I am a very logical, like, okay, just tell me how to do it step by step. Right. There's no, there's no feeling, right. It's <laughs> brain centered. Yeah. Uh, no, no heart feel. I don't want to feel it in my gut. I just want you to tell me. Uh, and so marketing for me is very difficult. And this is something that I've been taking on because I need to learn it. Right. And so I, I do get into my, you know, I, I do a lot of meditation now and I'm feeling in my body, but I still don't like it. I still very logic. Um, and, and, um, so yeah, marketing is very difficult for me because I don't, I don't like my brain, at least my mind does not like it when you can have five different people tell you seven different things. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't like it. And Fair. so that's hard for me. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, marketing is difficult. Well, um, it's also a great asset though, because there is, like I said, it's not a creative writing exercise. Like you want to understand the emotions that people are feeling and what they want to feel mm-hmm. after they work with you. Right? right. If you provide a service. So that is important to understand that in a logical way, but you're not, copywriting is not like writing poetry it's like really very logical so all of that stuff we talked about I actually put in an excel spreadsheet and then I copy and paste things from the excel spreadsheet like in it's like a big jigsaw puzzle where I'm like this is the frame that I use and here are the ways we do it and it actually is very methodical and tedious in in a lot of ways there are days where I'm like oh my god I've been copying pasting all day and then you add you know the writing aspect of it where you get clever you you know that part but actually Stephen for good copywriting is extremely logical and extremely um step by step it needs to be otherwise if you have chaos and it's all emotional the person coming to your website or your blog is also going to feel chaos and none of None of the archetypes include chaos. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a brand okay. Well, there's one that kind of, there's one that like, yeah, you do want to shake people up a little bit and have them feel a little chaos, but you resolve that immediately for them. <laughs> and like on this marketing journey, I will be on chat. GPT has become a very good friend of mine, right? But like this, like to your point going back, um, it doesn't it doesn't quite get it right it's missing some very fundamental piece i don't know what it's missing but like you can human just yeah yeah maybe (laughs) maybe that's what it but like it just can't quite seem to get it like there's just and so every time i get one like i do a post through chat dpt it's just 
it's like it's getting a piece of what i want but it's just missing yeah maybe it is the human element that it's just there's no heart in it and i um and it's not consistent right and it, you can just see like how like it just goes oh it goes way down right it's, it's just like that it's like the playlist on apple where you yeah play totally, what I like totally. yeah it's like it, it, like... it kind of gets you right and then over time it just goes so far down from from where you were it just takes you yeah. yeah that it takes you to a weird at first place. you were like all about like you're like wow maybe robots are going to take over the world yeah. right computers are going to take over the world but, but now, but now you're like, yeah, yeah, it's like now wow you, you have no idea what you're doing right now right like, and and so it like and and very you know like we've the other piece of chat gpt like don't don't listen to it don't listen to its references don't listen to anything like that don't give legal advice things like that uh, but yeah, it just, there's just some fundamental piece missing there. And, uh, yeah, it's a mile away. I can see a chat, a chat GPT blog yeah, a mile can. away Unless yes. has been looked over by somebody who understands yes, marketing. Absolutely. So the piece that it's missing, it's like a great brainstorming partner. Sure. I use it. I love it as a writing partner to like, I'm stuck on a word or I'm stuck on a phrase mm -hmm. or I can't tweak a headline. And I give it all these millions of prompts where I'm like, you are insert best conversion copywriter in the world. And you're producing, you yes. know, you have to give all these prompts for the ideal client avatar. Who is this? Blah, 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 blah. blah. And then maybe you'll get, maybe, maybe. maybe you'll get something. Although I'm finding now the more prompts I use, actually the narrower and more um, flat the copy is getting. So I don't, something's happening because everyone's using it for writing. But anyway, what it is missing is that, the person looking over it, if they don't know, like, this is a good flow or this is how a long form social media post should work, or this is a writing structure that's compelling, or this is what storytelling is, it misses. So what Chappy GPT is great at is like, and I can, it's a million miles away, bullet point, 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 right? It's like this social, and then you get like nine bullet points of your point, and like the rule of thumb in copywriting is no more than three or five. Right. So immediately when I see nine, I know. And then they're not related to each other usually. Like the bullet points are not in the same category. They're just sort of like free associative. You could tell that way. And also chat GPT and metaphors. It's like whenever I see more than one metaphor in writing, I'm like, oh, <laughs> we have like we have a forest fire, but also a tsunami, but also like we just got there's like one metaphor and just run it through it. Like it's very confusing. So there's definitely you can smell it a mile away. But it is a helpful writing tool. Yeah. So certainly not to dismiss it, but I also think people should still get educated about what writing for business really is right. and how that was and you know what, honestly, not to go off this direction, but even when I first started my first business like 25 years ago and I was hiring copywriters, right? And I was learning how to operate the whole internet machine and do all of that for an online business before there really was like even online. <laughs> and like, um, I still wanted myself educated because when copy came back to me, like I wanted to understand that piece of the industry. So I knew I was getting good copy when I was hiring someone to set up a funnel. I wanted to make sure I knew what a funnel was. So like I knew that I was getting a good vendor. So like whatever you're working with, it's still, you don't have to do everything, but it's still good to know all aspects of the industry. Right. So you can discern if you are operating as a successful business owner or not. So chat GPT or otherwise, yep. you still know the basics. Yeah, and, I, and that's why I did the copywriter. Cause I loved it. And I was like, I'm just going to go this way. <laughs> I think also, like, again, it just goes back to the values or that archetype. You still need that foundation if you're going to let ChatGPT kind of take a lead yeah. on this. If it comes back and it's like, Ugh, I don't even know, is this true? Do I feel that this is true? If you don't understand what is guiding you down the road, then this is going to get icky really quick, right? Like, so uh, still. And it's help you, like, stand out. So, like, yes. there are so many brand personalities and like when you understand them you really like can get behind right. it like you're so excited yes. like, I have someone coming in right now whose signature is a humanitarian and she hasn't thought about it this way before but a humanitarian archetype is not just um serving their clients they're actually creating a movement they're taking a stand for the whole group of people so like she doesn't want to be a speaker on a huge stage or anything yet but I guarantee she will 
But what when she's talking in her copy and her social media post, she really needs to be talking about her industry that she works in healthcare, like as a a whole. Like she needs to be taking on the whole thing and taking a stand for people. And she'll get clients that way who really feel like the system is broken and they want to be part of the fix. And that's going to be her clients versus if she was a nurturer. Or she'd be speaking one-to-one about the burnout of caregiving and da-da-da-da-da. You know, it's, like, so different. Um, and for her, actually, I'm really excited about hers because she has an influencer, too, that, like, is going to just make her brand insane. It's going to be so cool. I'm super excited. Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> so it's tomorrow. So I'm, oh, like, in so the cool. middle. So excited. Yeah. But it's, like, you know, and, and also, Stephen, you said something earlier about, like what you stand for, like your values help you know what you stand for. And your brand personality also helps you know the stand you take for your clients, sure. which is equally as important. Because again, we want a client-centered business. That's what draws people in and helps them make a choice if you're a good fit for them. Right. And so the stand you're taking for them is just as important because their values have to align with yours somehow. And they have to see that on a website or in any you know writing for business that you're doing, blog post all that stuff well, that's- so and it's like taking the focus off of us knowing our direction but also making sure we're talking to them about their direction because i think where marketing has gone south and this might be what rubs you the wrong way too Stephen. marketing has gone south because it is so business centered now and epic everything has to be epic and you know think about every commercial you see on tv now and you're like this isn't even an epic product it's dawn you wash your dishes with cut through the grease was great whatever's going on now like we don't need a horse and a field and epic (laughs) it's a mismatch right right, of brand personality and marketing so where marketing is like kind of going to hell in a handbasket right now it's not marketing uh it's not an fcc word so we're (laughs) um falling apart is that it is no longer focused on the needs and wants of people. It's completely out of touch with that. But it's also, and this is where I get on a little soapbox, making assumptions about consumers that they need to be persuaded, Mm -hmm. that they need to be words that sell. And I, as a copywriter over here, trying to like kind of watching the online marketing world fall apart over the last 25 years, to me, the purpose of copywriting is not to sell anything. The c- purpose of copywriting is to help people find a truth. Right. Is this a good fit for me or not? And the fundamental assumption has to be that your reader is an educated person who has free will, who can make a decision for themselves, not someone who should be tricked or persuaded or psychological. Ta- and I've studied all of this in copywriting. It's terrifying. Right. It's terrifying. The, the subconscious tricks that are involved in marketing. And some of them are great. Like some of them are not subconscious. Some of them are fun and exciting and like playful, but some of them are scary. Mm. Right. And so for me, where marketing has really gotten to the point where I almost wanted to walk away with it is that assumption that your reader, your, your consumer is sheep. Yes. They're not they're You know, especially if you're working with parents, they are educated people. They've educated themselves about what they need to know about their child, about different treatments. If they haven't, you help them do that, assuming that they are going to like want to participate in that on a lateral level, not in a like, you're the expert. So this is where marketing to me is falling apart, is that underlying consumption that the consumer should be manipulated right. versus educated and given the opportunity to decide for themselves, is this a good fit? Right. And if it's not, you're okay as a business owner, I promise. Mm-hmm. If it's not a good fit, there's someone who is, right? So the other purpose of copy is to make sure people say no. It's just as important as making sure the right people say yes. Yeah, I was, that was my next question is, like, does this help um, the the entrepreneur? I'm going to use BCBA in this situation. Um, does the copy help them find the customer, the client that they want? Right. Because mm-hmm. like there are just, you know, like I, I'm done with the evenings. I don't want to come in and, and as, the parents assume I'm going to fix their child because this isn't about fixing. This is about providing a higher quality of life for a very mm-hmm. important, valuable human being. Right. And so, like, does it does it also help um, maybe push away? people that you don't want to see <laughs> if that that's the best word I've got for find the mat the right yeah, match yeah the right match yeah, yeah. Company, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely it does and also in copy like that's something again this is where I'm 
my point to like you want to educate people because yeah certainly parents do come in to ABA having no idea what it is also having gone down the Google rabbit hole which is full of all kinds of things right so educating people is a really especially when you're in a healthcare any kind of service-based industry is super important so if I work with a life coach we do have to spell out what's the difference between coaching and therapy right because most people would rather just pay a copay and go to a therapist. Why wouldn't you? Life coaching is a different animal. So we do have to describe that. Same with if you are a BCBA and you're starting a solo or an agency or whatever, you definitely want to educate people in the process so they know what they're in for. And a great way to, great place to do that is a lead magnet. Like having something that a parent can download that is simple with large font and no more than two pages. Like these two pages, no parent on the planet has time to read a whole thing. But having something like, you know, like the quick and dirty to ABA, two pages, here's what's expected from the parent, not in clinical speak, not in stuff people can't understand right. yet, just like ask here and here's how it will impact your day and your schedule. Right? And here's what I do, here's what you do. If this sounds good to you and you want to, you know, spend that time with me and get your hands dirty, we're a good fit. So that's a great place to educate people. And, it, and even when, you know, you can when you bring someone on board and they're starting to come on board, making sure they have that in their hands and be like, this is exactly what it looks like, (laughs) right? Make sure you read this over because this is what it looks like or it doesn't work. And so creating something like that to just really walk people step by step, ditch the clinical jargon, of course be truthful, right? And science backed, but like even when parents hear like, oh, it's a science backed intervention, most people don't even care. It just doesn't address their need. Their need is, I'm so scared, right? Their need is not, I need a science-backed intervention, as we know, because we will all stand on our head and drink, you know, chicken broth out of a clay bowl if it means our child will be better, right? If it will help our child, we'll do anything. No one cares if it's science-backed or not, right? Same with weight loss. People will do anything. They do not care if it's science-backed or not, right? So, like, that's not a great descriptor for helping people discern it should be in there somewhere, obviously. Sure. We want to be honest. Like, to lead with that, I don't know what parents in the beginning just really care. Mm-hmm. No. But can we help you with a calmer home environment? Can we help you with the things that are impacting a sibling? Can we help empower you with skills to, like, not stand there helplessly in the middle of the street when your child's running towards it? Like, yes, yes, that, yes, right. all can be addressed. So that's kind of the difference between copy and marketing that doesn't take the reader into consideration. Mm just so good so good yeah i have kids they scare me i'm scared (laughs) it's really easy to talk about that i have a 14 year old girl and eight year old girl (laughs) we can talk about scary stuff Mm -hmm. i'm scared Mm -hmm. yeah well also having gone down like different channels of um you know advocating in a school system mm -hmm. for my child who has severe adhd and often you know borders on other diagnosable things and it's it is like you know the more you can understand something like that or have gone through it or can talk to people about it the more you can write about it for your business so if you don't have kids you haven't gone down that path like and you need to write for business really listening to how your parents talk to you about what's going on that's where your writing comes from yes yes i can about it all day long because I'm raising them and it is scary and the whole thing is scary. 100%. For those of you listening, I'm just sitting here like nodding my head like yes, like a bobblehead <laughs> doll or something. Yeah. Like, I'm, yes, 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 yes. Um, so writing for business is about listening more than it is about sitting down and trying to come up with stuff from your brain. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I like that. That's really neat. Well, what if you're, okay, so I know we're kind of coming at the end of our time here, but like, what if you're not just starting out what if you've been in business for 20 years and you're like oh gosh i i yeah i kind of like to switch how i'm doing things is it too late no no this is actually there are two places where people come to me one is at the beginning and one is at that point where they're like this is getting stale and flat i've been doing it for so long i don't know why the reason why is usually to Stephen's point, like you're not lined up with your values or they've changed or your brand personality has changed and your brand personality informs your services that you yes. offer too and how yes. you do it. So yes, the evolution point of business is a really exciting time to consider this because it can just take all of your expertise and everything you've done and then kind of like flip it and build on it. And it's, that's really, that's like my favorite work to do actually. Mm. 
What would you consider like low hanging fruit for a business owner as far as copy, uh, social media posts? Like I know you mentioned, you know, 20 bullet points, not, not helpful. It needs to be short and sweet. I assume is the video better than text or there's some places where text is better than video. What if you had to pick between a YouTube channel and consistent blogging what would you like just you know does that make sense yeah what you said is consistent consistent whatever you can do okay. so yeah video tends to get more traction currently absolutely but so many people do not want to do that visibility so sure. they're like video is best i do nothing <laughs> so yes, you do nothing so whatever you can do consistently consistently is the thing okay. that's the most important thing um in terms of like low-hanging fruit and just making sure that you kind of have a production schedule for yourself, an editorial calendar that's realistic. And if part of that is video, yay for you. Like, <laughs> you know, um, that is a great way to communicate with people. There's also a copy comes into play with video because you do have to have it, maybe not scripted, but you've got to have a point. Yes. Right? You've got to know what you're doing, what your call to action is at the end, what the point is that you're making. So like video is no good if you're like, oh, I'm so-and-so and me, 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 yes. me. And this is me. This is about me, yeah. and it's me, 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 me. Like it definitely has the same thing. Copy principles apply. It has to be viewer focused. It has to solve a problem for them, yeah. and it has to have like point them in a direction. Like, what do they do now? You can't leave people hanging. So videos have to be strategic as well as uh, copy. So if you have that strategy behind either one, they both can serve like a great purpose. Yeah, yeah. Or, but I would say oh. the most hanging fruit in terms of writing for business is any place you find yourself going to say I, figure out how to say you. That's like the number one thing we learn in copy school is the fewer eyes you can get in there, the better, because no one cares about you. So I have just gone through websites and taken out almost all the eyes, except your About Me page, which is still also about them right. and where you dovetail. And answers the question of like, how do you make sure that people's values align with yours? That's your about me page. But like, that is the the best copy tweak people can do is if they hear themselves saying, I make sure you mean it. And that it's really, really important that it's about you. Great point. Do you, and, and just like for BCBAs, I guess, like, do you think that there's one, like if they, cause everybody's got limited time. So is there one social media that they should focus on? If do you recommend they do paid ads or is there a better way to do it? What What's your recommendation on that? That's a great question. I don't recommend anyone does paid ads unless they have an education in doing paid ads. And I don't even do paid ads because that change that is your whole job. It just changes that what works and doesn't the graphic design, the copy behind it is so time consuming. So that's a higher out situation. Okay. Um, you have to target audiences. You have to target audiences that are like other. Oh, yeah, you get local. It's a nightmare. So I recommend that piece. You could do them. They're great. They definitely have to be hired out. And it takes three to six months to see any return on that. Yes. Not like an instant thing. So in terms of platforms, I think the way to answer that question is you have to ask like the people you want to work with what platform they're on. So if you happen to work with like, Oh, if you're in an area with a lot of two income white collar parents who are on LinkedIn a lot, then you need to be on LinkedIn. Okay. So like you have to kind of ask the people that you want to work with where they're hanging and then hang there. Okay. Yeah. So it's unfortunately not a blanket, you know, yeah. with a lot of super people then TikTok is your place. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want that to never be my place. 14-year-old <laughs> <laughs> man, just, I just put her in charge of TikTok. I'm like, I know I need to have it. I know we're there. I'm like, you are going to do that. And if you get any clients through it, I will pay you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. A few more years, then Willis gets old enough when we let him do that stuff. Like, totally. Like, Steven's already been priming him for for him yeah. being our helper because, oh, I just, yeah. I'm even having a hard time with Instagram. I'm just like, I'm such a Facebook old school, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, did you have any other questions? No. Is there anything, I guess, is there anything that we missed yeah. that you think that we should be uh, addressing? No, so I think you guys gave me the opportunity to really cover, you know, most of copywriting. I think the thing that's most important is in writing for business is that people are intimidated by the scope of it. Mm -hmm. There are so many things you do have to write in the beginning. Um, and so 
when people come to me with that whole table of mess, you know, just my advice to people is just get one plate spinning, like focus on one thing. Cause like when you see those circus performers that have the sticks with the plates yes. and the plates, they still, they get one going yeah. and then they build on that. Mm-hmm. So like, you don't have to have a website before you start your social media, like pick the one that feels doable, get the one plate spinning and then build on that because otherwise it's very paralyzing to approach the whole enchilada. Yeah. Yeah. One of the podcasts we did is don't get stuck. Uh, what is it? D- don't get stuck getting started. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, getting like, there's just a lot, like you can get overwhelmed and in the weeds so quickly. Uh, and it's really important to focus. That you focus on the completely unhelpful stuff or <laughs> you don't do anything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. It's just, it can be, there are so many moving parts and trying to get them all done at once is a little overwhelming, especially if there's parts, you know, if you come from being a BCBA which into a business owner, it's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of parts of business ownership people don't like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole new job. Yes. So it can be like not very fun yeah. to take those on. Yeah. And there's always a, and when I get this, Right. Like there's yes. always that you'll always have you'll, that will never end. It will always be there. And so just, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. I have a notebook. I have a whole notebook for that, Stephen. Wait, it's right here. <laughs> for when I get, I write it in here. So I'm like, I will remember that I wanted to get yeah. that, do that thing next. And now I can just go back to the present yeah. moment, but I write them all down yeah. because there is always that yeah. next shiny object. Yes. Now yeah. you know about my, where I get some of my mm. ideas from. Huh? Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I introduced him to parking lot. I was like, all right, guys, throw this on the parking lot. So we have like a spreadsheet on like some of our playing stuff where it's just the parking lot. So amid something, it's like, oh, I deal with oh, a parking you lot. Even, you even park click, you click on a parking lot to get into the yeah, parking lot. Yeah, we put lot. a parking so, lot yeah, image yeah, on it, so. yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, um, how can it, how, if anyone's interested in working with you or learning more about what you do, how could they reach you? We have a website. It is uh, catalystlabco.com, as in Catalyst Lab Company, catalystlabco.com. And everything is outlined there, hopefully very clearly for people so they can figure out where is a good place for them to start. If not, there is a calendar link on there. People could just get in front of me and we figure out how I can help them best. Because I also do, you know, copywriting always involves business coaching. So a lot of it is just starting with helping people structure this whole thing. So we, you know, we know what fork, knife, and spoon that we're writing about. (laughs) Um, So there's a business link on there, um, a calendar link. People can certainly use that to get in touch with me and figure out, you know, again, if it is a good fit for them, or if not, not offended. Um, And then if they want to do brand personality work, that does stand alone. So I do that in a group, which we're doing right now, actually, February 16th will be our group meeting um but i also do it one to one throughout the year for people so sometimes people just want to start there and then come back for the rest it's perfectly good awesome well thank you so much for being here today it was so special and it was helpful i think absolutely i know i learned a lot so i'm I'm gonna go we could go look at the website and see if we have any eyes in there and start looking at that stuff yeah for sure Great questions. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about like the other side of copywriting that is less words and more the development and the authenticity piece, because I really appreciate those questions. They were very insightful. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you next time.